You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Meg and Beck. It's our mission to share how we pursue our passion for wellness while balancing our real-world corporate jobs. This is a place where green juice and wine are interchangeable and nothing is off-limits. Instead of finding yourself down an internet black hole, we'll be bringing the experts straight to you so that your burning questions can be answered. So sit back and relax on your office chair yoga mat and enjoy the episode. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's up? That was you last time. <laughs> it happened again, though, where we look at each other. Like, I know. Uh. It's just like whenever we, so full disclosure, we obviously work during the day. So mm-hmm. we'll block time to record multiple intros. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird feeling when you're going from one to another mm-hmm. where you need to like reset. Like, Hello again. <laughs> Hi. Like maybe change our voice a little bit. I know. Hello. I'm trying to work on a stronger voice. Mm-hmm. That's my new thing. You're doing good. Thank you. I've noticed a difference. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I never realized until I listened back to myself, like mm-hmm. I just want to work on finding my voice. Yeah. So bear with me, yeah. guys, so, as I drop down here. <laughs> <laughs> my new host. Hey. <laughs> It was really All good. Right. Yeah. Um, so we touched on it a little bit last episode, but Megan is very enraged. <laughs> so everyone has their pet peeve, mm-hmm. right? Mine, 10,000%, and Dan can also attest to this, is late people. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so disrespectful mm-hmm. because, okay, so... The reason why I've done some reflection, the reason why I'm like this is because my dad growing up is also like this. So anywhere we would go. So like soccer practice, all the various sports practices I would go to, he would get me there literally half an hour early. So it was aggressive. So I feel like I grew up like that. Mm -hmm. And now when people leave me hanging, I just Mm -hmm. get like irrationally pissed off. Mm -hmm. And like (laughs) I... I think I need to work on it because obviously sometimes people aren't doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it's traffic, it's this, it's that. Right. But I'm like, I always factor that into mm-hmm. like the possibility yeah, you have to. of that happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. What I'm, do you think? I'm not quite as, <laughs> I don't get quite as angry. <laughs> My face is like turning red. I'm yeah. getting hot. <laughs> cool down, cool down. Um, so yeah, I don't get quite as upset about it. I actually used to be like very, I would be like super early as well, like 15, 10 minutes early all the time. Um, and then I met John and (laughs) (laughs) your true love. um, (laughs) John is not the earliest person all the time. If it's something that he knows, like he needs to be at, he Mm -hmm. will be there on time. hundred Mm percent. He'll be early Mm -hmm. but if he knows he can get away with being late and it like won't affect his life yeah like his mental space then he will take his sweet time and i love (laughs) you don so much he's gotten so much better (laughs) since he met me yeah um so we've kind of found this balance and i just kind of have had to chill out a little Mm -hmm. bit about (laughs) rushing to get somewhere um but it does make me very annoyed if people are late for meetings Mm -hmm. if they're like at work it's like yeah be respectful of everyone's time Mm -hmm. everyone is busy Mm -hmm. everyone has blocked off this time specifically to be here yeah 
So let's be Yeah, active. and just kind of thinking, so for me, there's things that irritate me more than others. Mm-hmm. Meetings at work and appointments. Mm-hmm. I just get like very irritated with mm-hmm. that. However, with like parties, mm-hmm. I kind of like to be late because I like yeah, it to start yeah, yeah. before mm-hmm. I get there, yes, you know, totally. or like dinner reservations. I'm like, Oh, dinner you reservations, know, I'm there early. You are? Yeah. Wait, I love that. I've given that one up because, mm-hmm. to your point, Dan is like a right-on-the-money mm-hmm. kind of guy, mm-hmm. which means with Boston traffic, we're like yeah, late. totally. So I've given that one up because mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to pay you at the end of the day. Right, that's you know? true. That's true. You know? it's, I, it, I feel like it's like a, a, I don't know, a give and take. Like some yeah. things it's like, okay, we'll not let Budge. up on. Yeah. But other things I'm like, all right, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just, like, be respectful of people's time. Yeah, agreed. Or just shoot a text. Right. Because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, when you don't hear, and then it's, like, 20 minutes, and I'm, like, right. then I get worried, and mm-hmm. I'm, like, wait, am I at the wrong place? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, so um, my friend went on a date last night, and her date was late, like, by, like, half an hour. <gasps> and that, and I so she left. was just, like at the bar and she was just like all right well i'm just gonna wait here and then you finally showed up but it's like things like that's like yeah you i don't know like i know things come up but like just let people know yeah shoot a message yeah keep them in the loop some even if you're going on a hinge date yeah come on everyone deserves respect (laughs) come on guys (laughs) um you know who would never be late though huh alan Alan is always on time. <laughs> Alan, is. when you listen to this, we know. Yeah, you are a punctual man. Yeah. Um, and Alan is awesome. So Alan Donovan from The Oat Shop is on the episode today. We're so excited. He's one of the nicest people we've ever met. Yes. And, like, genius. Mm-hmm. So if you guys don't know already, The Oat Shop is one of our favorite places to go. So it's a place with oatmeal oatmeal bowls of Mm -hmm. all varieties (laughs) so much oatmeal (laughs) (laughs) and we're obsessed with it and alan is the owner and founder and so on this episode we talk about his journey from the world of finance to owning a small business Mm -hmm. and it's really crazy because in boston i never appreciated all how much it would cost to rent Mm -hmm. your own space so kind of hearing that hearing his vision for the company Mm -hmm. hearing how he had to prepare his whole business plan to even rent a space and he goes into detail like he let us know like how much he pays which was really nice a lot of people keep that hush hush yeah it's like why yeah so you guys are gonna love it Mm -hmm. and if you're there, you're going to love the oatmeal because yes, please, it's if you're in so the Boston area, go try out the oat shop. Get them catered for your work. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how I can get Alan to cater my work mm-hmm. breakfast. Bring in the U-Haul. Yes. So the oat shop will be there for you. Yeah. At, at any time of need, <laughs> it will be there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let let us know what you like about this episode, what mm-hmm. you learned. Um, comment on our Instagram, mm-hmm. shoot us an email, rate and review. Yes, please. always rate and review. Even if you've done it before, do it again. Yeah, use a different <laughs> name. We won't know. We won't know. <laughs> um, and we love you guys so much. Yeah, so enjoy. Enjoy. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Guys, we're so excited. This episode is sponsored by Silverburn. So, big news for us. Big news. Sponsor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, Silver 
Fern has graciously agreed to sponsor us, and we're pumped. So we've talked about Silver Fern before. Um, we love it. I specifically love the probiotic protein powder. So it's protein powder, plant-based, all really great ingredients, clean, plus probiotics. So it's a double whammy. You're getting your protein. You're getting your probiotics. You're putting it in a smoothie. It's so good. Delicious. And didn't you say that even with water, it's good? Yes. So I take a shaker bottle with protein powder to the gym with me because I like to have it after my workout just to, you know, get that muscle pump. Get jammed. Um, And it's... You know, so a lot of plant-based proteins are very chalky and Mm -hmm. not great Mm -hmm. with water, but I just mix it with water and it's so smooth. It's like a regular protein and it's, I mean, it is regular protein, but you know what I mean. It's like animal protein, Um, but it's plant-based and I love it. Mm -hmm. And I take their probiotics every single day. Gut health has always been an issue for me. Um, So I really have noticed a difference with silver fern. It's great because you don't have to refrigerate them. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to work if you want to travel with them. It's so good. I feel like it's honestly even made my skin glow more. Mm -hmm. You know, like your gut really impacts everything, your whole body and especially your skin. So noticed a good difference and my stomach doesn't hurt as much. So amazing. Win, win. And we really love the, just the mission behind Silver Fern. They're really about educating people and getting people the good kind of probiotics and the good ingredients and things that aren't fillers, not chemicals. It's all natural, all plant-based, and we love that. Can't rave enough. So Mm -hmm. go check them out um, and let us know what you think. Bye, guys. Bye. So we have Alan here from the Oat Shop. He is the owner and founder. And the Oat Shop is a little place in Somerville in Davis Square here um, in the Cambridge, Boston area. Um, And Megan and I are obsessed with it. Yeah, that's like, I think I was telling you this when we had um, our call a couple weeks ago, but that's where we had our first, I don't know if you remember, is it awkward I remember, but like our first podcast brainstorming session. The tables of Alan was there. I know. Probably. You wow. could. Probably <laughs> You're like, I'm there 24 It's come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we love oatmeal. Obviously, Alan is a big fan of oatmeal. Yeah. And we just brought him on because he's an entrepreneur in the area and kind of a health area wellness space as far as you know oatmeal before the oat shop I had never had savory oats before I still haven't tried it's still on my list they're so good (laughs) you're like I'm judging you (laughs) (laughs) um so Alan tell us just a little bit about yourself kind of background give us a little backstory on how you got to where you are today sure so grew up locally a small town called Westwood about 30 minutes outside of Boston. Um, After high school, I went to Holy Cross in Worcester and studied economics there. Throughout college, um, kind of was more on the probable finance path was was what I was thinking. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, I think like a lot of people, but um, liked things with math and business was interesting. So I was like, oh, I to do what everyone else is doing and mm-hmm. go into finance. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. Um, That's what Megan did. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I did did a few internships in that, and that's kind of what I was leaning. And then after school, uh, going to a liberal arts school, I wanted to have a little bit more finance knowledge. So I went to University of Virginia, did a one year program there, focusing on on finance, and then was like, all right, let's do this. And mm-hmm. then um, 
moved to Washington, D.C. and started working uh, for cor- in corporate finance there and lasted about a year. Um, <laughs> kind of throughout, I, I always was interested in small business and, and the food world and then just my time working in finance became more and more interested in it and I think working a desk job being surrounded by folks trying to be, eat healthy and not having a lot of options and having dietary restrictions myself. Um, there wasn't really many options. And I think as I went through college and, and after that became really more conscious of what I was eating and how it was affecting my body. And I think um, the more I thought about that, I think like a lot of businesses start out of you know a personal problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. like what's the place that I want to go to that I don't have right mm-hmm. now. Totally. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how the idea started and all kind of went from there. Very cool. So. I'm just curious, what dietary restrictions do you have? Um, so I can't have gluten or dairy. And those gotcha. were um, gotcha. discovered kind of midway through college. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. I bet that was tough. It was not, not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of pizza in college. I know, so, I did too. And now I don't, I don't have gluten, some dairy, but and I was having stomach issues the whole time, So, mm-hmm. but I just neglected that. <laughs> so I'm also curious, so it's a huge jump, right, to move from a corporate job. I work mm-hmm. a corporate job, Becky works a corporate job, and there's a lot of stability with that. So when you were at that job in D.C. for the year, I guess, what gave you the guts to leave and start your own business? Yeah, I think it was definitely a big challenge, um, kind of with the stability and everything. And I think it's hard to have, you know, to be able to, like, support yourself and live your life and then to kind of give that all up. Um, social life and all that sort of stuff was, was definitely a huge challenge. I think just for me, I just became more and more passionate about it and more and more convinced that I had to do it. And it kind of got to the point where my brain was like already there. Mm. And I was like, I can't keep going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> for was, you, though, because so many people do, you know, I feel yeah. like there's so many stories mm-hmm. of people who are like, oh, I had that idea. Right. It's kind of like you yeah. didn't do it, though. Yeah. 20 you know? years later, they're like, you know, they see their idea come for to sure. life from somebody else. And it's like, oh, well, I've, I could have done that. I've had yeah. probably like close to 10 people be like, this was my idea. I'm like, oh. <laughs> what do you sorry. say? <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> but do you apologize? Or but also you? you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. So what were the steps that you took? So like how was quitting your job? How did you like, did you apply for a business loan right off the bat? Did you have money saved? How did that all work? For sure. So I think uh, I was definitely a bit naive, which I think is good. Yeah. In some ways, <laughs> I, I would say I feel like you wouldn't yeah. do it, you know, if you knew <laughs> what was ahead, right? I'll, I'll let you see oh, for yourself. I would definitely, yeah. I would definitely be more scared if I knew what it actually looked like. Yeah. The, the reality of it. Um, but yeah, in some ways, that kind of helped. But I think the, the start was just um, kind of probably six months before leaving my job was starting to write a business plan and trying to figure out like how would this thing actually work. Um, I had no experience. I never worked in a restaurant or did any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, wow. probably not something I would recommend. But <laughs> <laughs> you live and you learn. Um, so yeah, started with writing the business plan, and then the next step um, was just reaching out to any contact I knew any family friend, friend of friend who who worked in the industry or had some knowledge of the industry um, was was really helpful just to get 
get talking to them. And I think it was also helpful to hear their pushback. And, and I, I heard a lot of like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe go work in a restaurant for two years and then see if that's if that's what you want to do, which I think was definitely helpful advice, but I didn't really <laughs> take it. Um, yeah. What about supporters? Did you have any like champions through that process that kind of because I don't know if I had people telling me like oh hold off wait a couple years Mm -hmm. I probably would yeah I definitely had a lot of family support which was really helpful just um my parents were super behind it I think they both um you know my dad works in finance and my mom has run a small business herself she ran a bookstore for a while so I think she she kind of understands it and my dad also understood kind of the finance world and how, um, although it can be great and stable, it's definitely not for everyone. And I mm-hmm. think he saw that it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And he, both of them really kind of told me, you have to, you know, this is kind of your life and your thing. So they were super supportive and, and offered to help when it came to things like, I mean, I had to move back home and it was, it's been. What was that yeah. like? Yeah, that was <laughs> not the most fun living, you know, I think, like I said before, you know, having, kind of the young professional life and then going to living in the suburbs with your parents. Right, that's a big um, change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That It was challenging. Uh, and it was, yeah, you kind of get to dive right in. You, I was trying to focus on on the business when I was at, at my job, but it's really hard to, to balance everything. Right. And then you kind of get all the free time. And you're like, ah, right. what, yeah. what yeah. do I do now? Right. So um, during that six months while you were creating that business plan and kind of thinking about it, did you let your coworkers know that this was kind of in the back of your mind or were you like two weeks before you That's left? You're like, a good question. <laughs> I was pretty hush hush about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I started to tell a few people I was pretty close to mm-hmm. probably like a month or two before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still was, yeah, kind of Smart. like, I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So from the time that you moved back home, how long did it take you to get to that brick and mortar store? So it, that took about a year. Um, but what I decided to do as a first step, I think I was, you know, when the more that you talk to people and you hear about the risks and you start looking at, I started talking with some real estate brokers and things like that and starting to you know, see the amount of money and the amount of commitment and the, the, the leases, which a lot of them require you to personally guarantee. Oh, so wow. it's, it's oh my God. especially for a first time. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard a lot of landlords say things like, well, we, you don't have a track record. We have all these big chains coming in. Like why, why would we, why would we go with you? And I think that it definitely gave me a little bit of doubt, but it also, um, just led me to decide that I needed to do something first to, to test the concept. Mm-hmm. So about six months in after I had quit my job, I did a pop-up um, out of someone else's space, which was really awesome because it was basically no cost mm-hmm. at all to me. Just paid it. It was like 30 bucks an hour or something, oh, which compared awesome. to like jumping into a 10-year lease. Right. Um, like how much? Because I have no concept of this mm-hmm. at all. How much is like an average lease when you were looking? Uh, like time time wise yeah, money wise time wise and money wise mm-hmm. like I, don't, yeah. I have no idea how it works um a lot of them are like five to ten years and then That's sometimes huge commitment yeah and time. i mean boston it can be crazy a small like ours is 
right now is 3300 a month. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of on the low end because our space yeah. is so small. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them, you're looking at six, $7,000 a month. And which, you have to personally. Yeah, which you have to that. put your name on. Yeah. And it's, you're like, I think my business yeah, is great, but right. am I willing to <laughs> that's wild. be in debt forever? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so, one, so, so doing a pop up was a really great way. So, it did that in Brookline. So, it let kind of me experience a certain area um, and get to get a feel for. Um, the customer base there, and also just get feedback and, and, and get to play around and practice and see what customers were thinking, mm-hmm. hearing the questions they ask and things like that. You get to see the patterns and mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, like this is a really great bowl. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they're like, yeah, ah, <laughs> yeah. or learning sure. the kind of the questions they're going to ask, the confusion they're going to have over savory oats and things right. like that. Um, so that was a really great experience, and also just it was good personal experience to so by the time that we did jump into the brick and mortar I couldn't imagine just like not having felt that that mm-hmm. I had done it before and mm-hmm. and the pop-up was good in that didn't have any employees it was just me and my mom or oh, me and my okay. sister <laughs> I love yeah. that yeah. my sister's a school teacher it was during the summer so like one in the one in myself and either my mother or my sister would work and it was fun yeah but it was just good because you know I was making basically every bowl Mm-hmm. And just to have the full, the full experience, experience of it, yeah. So you kind of got a flavor for Brookline. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what made you ultimately choose Davis Square? Yeah. So I uh, one thing I, I liked Brookline. I, I think you know we had a lot of re- great customers there, but we, I realized we really needed to be at a higher foot traffic area. Mm-hmm. And um, then from there, I was looking at a lot of things in Boston, but just the prices in Boston are really insane, mm-hmm. and it's it's also very hard to get at least. So I started to think more about Cambridge and Somerville, which were also just personal places that I loved and mm-hmm. have a bit more of a funky food scene yeah. And, yeah. and doing something that was funky. Um, wanted a place that I thought would be more receptive to it. So yeah. I thought probably I was thinking public transportation, college students, young mm-hmm. professionals mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. big parts as well as young families and things like that. And that kind of led to Somerville Davis Square really f- fell in love with Davis Square, so was really hoping for something in that area. And luckily, this little cafe, um, which was very plain, just like low quality microwave breakfast sandwiches, things gotcha. like that. Yeah, they the guy was looking to retire, so they were looking to get out of their lease, and it the timing just kind of worked out. And um, very cool. Yeah, it was perfect. yeah, it was great because they. It was already a built-out food space, mm-hmm. so we didn't. I didn't really mm-hmm. have to do that much. Mm-hmm. We did small renovations just to touch it up, painting and put some trim and stuff like that. But it wasn't, you know, some businesses will spend a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we didn't have to do that, right. which mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think Davis Square is the perfect spot, it's a perfect and it's match. close to us, so we're very know, happy selfishly, about it. Selfishly, we love it, <laughs> yeah. and it's very Instagrammable. Like that's a big thing that's like really trendy right now. For so sure. I just like it's very it's cute. There's like this little like cute little kind of outdoor seating, and mm-hmm. the tile is great. Like the wood, on it's it's great space. So Thank props you. to you yeah. for making Thank it Instagram. And I just love Davis. For anyone who's listening yeah. who's maybe in Boston and hasn't been to Davis Square, it's just an awesome vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I feel more relaxed there. Yeah. I don't know if that's me just too. me, but mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, when I'm downtown in Boston, I can feel a little overwhelmed. Davis is super relaxed. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, there's just like such a cool mix of people. Yeah. Um, really diverse. Yeah. 
a lot of great food too. yeah kind of our people too like a lot of like yogis like wellness people there's cute theater there you mm-hmm. know like you said public transportation it's a great place so anyone visiting too definitely check out davis square yeah it's a great place yeah um, so what do you think has been your biggest challenge and something that may have felt like a failure that you f- feel like looking back has really helped you to grow? Um, I think I think definitely coming in with without experience, without proper experience was a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. I think just the learning curve is tremendous from all the business standpoint stuff, which I had some knowledge of from from finance and stuff, but it's not quite the same as real world. And then on top of that, running and managing a restaurant as well as working in it Mm -hmm. as well. It's like they're kind of like three three jobs. So do you work and manage at the same? So like, do you ever go behind the counter and work? Yeah, yeah, I was working like basically every day for a while starting now it's been a year and a half to Mm -hmm. try to pull myself out a little Mm -hmm. bit to step a little bit more into the manager and and business owner like trying to get out of the chaos but it's it's not going great it's going okay yeah i was gonna ask because i think that's interesting right when you're working directly alongside your Mm -hmm. employees it's never hard or i guess was it ever hard for you to kind of separate that like your leadership when you're right there with them or is it something you enjoyed? Um, I think I, I enjoyed, I, I think it's great to work in the shop and I like I like that I still get to work in the shop. I think it gives me kind of a good perspective of how everything's going, mm-hmm. good feel for um, the flow of everything, the customers and, and the whole process and all that sort of stuff. But it can be can be challenging pulled, being feel, feeling like you're pulled in different directions. Um, when you're spending a lot of time in the shop dealing with just constant little things that are going on and not feeling like you can really put the proper structure into place for mm-hmm, the business because mm-hmm. you kind of you start and you figure it out as you go but if you don't mm-hmm. have the time to to dedicate to like let's put in some sort of management structure yeah. and some like policies things right. like that right yeah. i'm sure you're so crazy like what's like a normal day like for you i'm curious it varies a lot um it kind of goes, I, w- I would say it definitely ebbs and flows depending on our staffing levels. You know, whenever we're short staffed, I'm usually working a lot in mm-hmm. the store. So that's just, um, you know, we're open seven to three. So that's usually up like 545 or Ooh, so. That's really early. Um, yeah. Opening the shop, standard customer service, dishes, all that sort of stuff. Um, when I have a little bit more time, I, um, kind of try to focus more on the business stuff that's just you know the general paying bills and trying to stay on top of some stuff and get some we have all sorts of projects that I want to get done in terms of recipe testing Ooh. and then and if you ever need people to taste, I know if you ever need people let us to know. eat for sure <laughs> when we get there when we get to recipe <laughs> testing again. you're like hold your horses um and then yeah lately uh we've been doing a ton of catering so I am the catering driver that's well. awesome. So that can be. Do you have a big car for that? No. Don't. <laughs> How do you fit all that oatmeal I d- in? I don't know. It's not. <laughs> You're like I just shove it in, hope it works. <laughs> I, have, I have a little sedan that's meant for meant for a finance job and not meant for. Oh yeah. Catering for a hundred people, but. That's um, a lot that's of oatmeal. Lot of oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, and we did. <laughs> two, probably like three weeks ago, we did catering for. 650. Whoa. I couldn't fit that in my car. Whoa. But. Did you rent? Yeah. What did you rent? 
I rented a just a U-Haul truck. I was going to say, a U-Haul, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's How far do you deliver? We'll deliver kind of anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah. yeah. delivery like, to my apartment for six fifty. dollars No, but like for corporate, you know, breakfast and yeah, things we, like that. Yeah, we go, into, we go into the city. I'm in the city cool. probably three or four times a week. And oh, then awesome. we do a lot of Kendall Square, Cambridge, uh-huh. um, Medford, that whole area. So... That was something that I thought of from the beginning. I think coming from the corporate world, you see that there's the opportunity for that. And then, but I've been surprised at how well received it's been. We, we did a few caterings through family, friends and things like that initially. And, and we got really great feedback. They were like, ooh, you know, we get donuts every Friday and no yeah. one really eats them. Mm-hmm. And now this is something that's different yeah. and, and, and people are actually eating the food, things like that. So mm-hmm. we've heard that feedback a lot. Um, so it's been really great. So it probably is about 35% of our business now. So it's pretty, pretty substantial. That's Very so cool. cool. Yeah. So that's like in the eve, no, in the morning you would deliver. Yep. So we do, um, yeah, we do, we do some hot oatmeal, but we also do a lot of overnight oats. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Baked goods. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're working on our marketing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening? Right. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, is it weird or like I feel like that'd be a good idea for a wedding, like oh no, yeah. your wedding. Well, you we know, like how people do breakfast the next <laughs> right, day. Yeah. Like we definitely just had a huge wall of bagels, which yeah. was awesome. But I would have loved to have, and we had cookies, <laughs> so I would have loved to have had like a an oatmeal right. option. Yeah, that's super so cool. cool. We've done a couple baby showers which has been oh, cool yeah. yeah that would be perfect yeah attend a lot of young mothers um are eating a lot of oatmeal and kind of yeah. concerned about eating healthily so yeah. yeah how do you prep for 650 like for serving 650 is it a day-long process or? um kind of was like probably like two weeks before from then on was just getting everything ready and planning everything out quantity wise and it was well beyond anything we had done before Mm -hmm. so it took a lot of planning in terms of we don't have the right amount of refrigeration for that Mm -hmm. to get you know yeah 40 pounds of strawberries and like 90 containers of blueberries (laughs) just like this insane amount of food and then to do these giant jugs of overnight oats for you know like 400 people and then we did hot stuff as well so it was a lot and then it was um the couple days before were crazy and then the day of it was was in the shop at two in the morning (laughs) getting the some stuff you can't do especially with the hot stuff you can't really do till last minute Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a little crazy but definitely pushed the limits yeah yeah Yeah. how did you find the perfect oatmeal recipe oh that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) i would say just a lot of testing and tweaking and making a huge mess in my parents Uh kitchen yeah when uh (laughs) when i was living at home yeah just a lot of tweaking, a lot of trying different things. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the different flavors, it was a lot of pulling ideas from different cuisines, mm-hmm. from blogs, from anything, just, you know, finding a recipe combination and be like, yeah. I wonder if that'd work in oatmeal. And, yeah. yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> That's so out. cool. Because I think I used to never order oats Mm-mm, outside of same. my house because I like them like the thicker like not, not the gloopy yeah watery. like I don't need it to be watery I don't want the oats to be like half cooked mm-hmm. but like you definitely have that <laughs> recipe down so props to you. you um what's your favorite bowl personal favorite is the sriracha fried egg so one of the savory ones yes. um, have you had it no but that sounds so good I think my husband's had that 
actually. He got something with oh, an yeah? egg. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that one is a really popular one and it's one, it's a personal favorite as well as something that was one of the first savory bowls that I experimented with and was like wowed by. Um, so that was just a really <laughs> wow. It's like, it's like, whoa. I'm a okay. genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Awesome. What about a sweet one? Yeah. Uh, the apricot banana and almond butter is my favorite. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's my really husband got one. that one. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we all, so whenever John and I go, we always get one savory, one sweet. And then so we split can, them. Yeah, we kind of have like a dessert after. <laughs> Very so, nice. So good. Um, so, what's been the most rewarding part of it? I would say it's really great to have uh, people seek you out. You know, it's really it's really like cool. Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we have, you know, part of one of the great things about working a lot in the shop is getting to interact directly with customers. And I think it's a really cool thing when you bring something to life and then to have them experience it and really appreciate it, especially when we have people who are like, you know, I drove 40 minutes for this or like I'm traveling wow, from out of town. That's awesome. We had a woman from Germany like last week who came by and then like left and came back like 20 minutes later and she was like she was like why don't we have this she was like i would go every day <laughs> she took a little bag of steel cut oats no home way. and she was like okay we were like giving her recipes oh my gosh <laughs> That's so so stuff that. like that is definitely very rewarding i think you know part of the process you go through a lot of people doubting it and you know doing something different we have plenty of haters and especially mm-hmm, on the sure. internet so yeah. oh really do you get oh yeah have you gotten What's been your craziest review, if you don't mind um, sharing? Well, e- before even before opening, oh um, wow, <laughs> we had we were like the most shared, one of the most shared articles of the week on Eater Boston, and then um, yeah, pre-opening we had a couple. I was in the shop. Two women came and put a note on the front door that no. said, "You are a sign of the end of times." No, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. They went out of their way, pulled a note out of their pocket. What is it? Okay, so just to take a step back, <laughs> I'm going to go on a mini rant. So I'm not from Boston. So coming here, what is it with the written notes that people leave? Have you I've experienced Yes, them? I have. Oh, with so, your car. With my car. car. Yeah. So recently, I, I won't even go into it, but I received a nasty note on my car for nothing worthwhile. One time, my husband was doing laundry, and he put his laundry in both Um, of the washers and then came back and there was a note on one of the washers that said I was planning to use this one like you took up both (laughs) like the most passive aggressive it's something I don't know like just tell you in person but that's the thing they don't have the guts to tell you in person wow and how do you feel about that I was surprised. Did you just rip it down in front of their faces? Did you frame it? That's your inspiration. I have it. I still have it. Um, you should frame it. You should. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. I didn't think it was something so controversial. But I think oats. Yeah, I was like, it's the most. Like, you know, it's not it's hipster. Like a basic it's not. Yeah, thing, it's know? been around forever. <laughs> I, th- I think there's yeah, in Somerville, and I think a lot of areas, there's just this pull between like old school, new school. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, p- there was people online saying like, "Oh, this is why rents are rising so quickly." Like these hips, and I was like, oh, "I don't think it's so." It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Take credit for that. Yeah. One. <laughs> Blame it on wow. the oats. Yeah, that is intense. So, like, how do you let go of that? Because clearly, I haven't let go of my <laughs> nasty car note. 
Um, I think it it definitely got to me a bit at first, but I think just starting to get confident in yeah. what you're doing. And, you know, we are doing something really cool and we're do- we have a lot of people that really like us. And just the more you get that, you're like, okay, you know, we have these regular customers who are coming every day. We're like, we, we are adding something to the community and bringing something. And, you know, yeah. you get to kind of ignore the other people because you like, we have yeah. these good people. But before you open, when you're getting the negative stuff, that's obviously what stands out scary. in the brain. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so before you opened, what was kind of your marketing strategy? How did you get the word out around Boston? Um, so a lot of just social media w- was one thing. Just I think especially pictures show people how this is something that's different. I think a lot of people were like, what do you mean starting an oatmeal <laughs> place? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think being able to show pictures and show them the unique things you can do was one huge thing. And then from there, I, I think just we did get some press out of the gate because of being different and because, you know, whether positively or negatively, people were talking about it and that got us, we're on on TV, on Chronicle, on a variety of magazines and in the paper and things like that. Oh, cool, you were on TV? Yeah. That's awesome. Actually at the pop-up before we open. Oh, um, wow. Which was a- celebrity in our midst. I know. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So that was a, it was a cool thing to have that pre-opening to get kind of get people excited about it. Did yeah. they put makeup on you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining someone with like one of those giant puffs. <laughs> <No>. like. <laughs> That's so cool. So let's get back to like the actually before that. I want to say that it's interesting that you have an oat shop because I feel like all of the other breakfast places you can either get brunch or you can get breakfast sandwiches, and that's kind of like the. Or you can just get coffee and baked goods. Like, that's kind of the differentiator. So have you seen any competitors pop up since you opened? Not that I've not that I've seen directly. That's yeah, I, th- I think there is probably more of an emphasis. And you see some cafes and things trying to add healthier oh, right. options mm-hmm. or healthier baked goods or things like that. Um, but no... No direct competitors, yeah. Nice, that means you're doing a good job. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess so. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, so let's go back to the recipe a little bit. So you use steel-cut oats. Mm-hmm. Um, and where do you source your ingredients from? Um, so we s- get our steel-cut oats from Bob's Red Mill. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so th- those are just great, something that you know you can get get from the grocery store. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, really and then for, for other ingredients, we we try to source some ingredients locally, depending on seasonality and things like that. We use Taza chocolate, we are talking about before, oh, Somerville base. Shout out to Taza. Um, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and we use local dairy and, and some in-season vegetables and things like that. We try to mix into specials, fruits and vegetables, but um, we generally keep our menu pretty consistent um, for simplicity's sake, yeah. And how's training new employees? Do you have, I mean, is there like an intensive training where you teach them how to make everything or like what's that look like? Um, we're still working on the, yeah. the structure <laughs> and the training. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, we usually do a couple days of training where we just add them kind of as a spectator or we stay with them and we help teach them all the recipes. Then we start to go through the coffee process, coffee, tea, baked goods, and just give them the basics. And then over time, we just kind of wean them off and just Mm kind of leave them off on their own and then kind of stay there to support them and help them. But um, yeah, it's not an overly intense process. Most of the stuff we do is pretty simple, but it it does definitely take some time. 
What was it like hiring your first employee? I'd imagine that'd be kind of a trippy experience, like coming from the corporate world. For sure. Yeah, I think you definitely feel the imposter thing where you're like, I am giving an interview right now and (laughs) I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, So it was challenging. And I think, yeah, I just didn't exactly know what to expect or what to look for. And I think you kind of learn from doing it wrong, from hiring the wrong Mm -hmm. people. And it's a Mm -hmm. tough it's a tough industry to hire. And I think everyone, a lot of the restaurants are understaffed right now. And it's just a a transient workforce, especially around a college and Mm -hmm. things like that. So you learn um, to start to realize what what things often lead to a good employee or what things are are warning signs and things like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you had to fire somebody? Um, No, no. That's good. No, not. We've had a few people just stop showing up Uh. or... Oh, things like that. Probably for give, the better. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, usually, um, but haven't really, haven't really had to fire anyone now. That's good. Yeah. Are you like prepping yourself for like <laughs> one day what you're gonna say? I sort of, but <laughs> I, I hope hope not. Think yeah. about it when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I think that's really important to people is finances and figuring out kind of budgeting. And I know you come from a finance background, so how do you deal with that? I'm sure it can be stressful at times. How do you budget for your business as well as your personal finances? Oh, that's a good one. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And I think, yeah, small business is tough and it's it's definitely, I don't don't actually get paid anything right now. Right, because I'd imagine a lot goes back into your business. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're doing fine, but it's all, it all goes back into the business right now. We're not really at the point that I feel comfortable pulling money out. Mm -hmm. So that it's definitely a challenge and definitely had to had to get some help along the way um but yeah in terms of managing finances for the business i think the key is just really staying on top of it and just knowing exactly where the money's coming in and for us you know what different avenues it's coming from we have you know in store we now have catering we do uber eats and some of the other things like that so it's good to to look at noted yeah (laughs) look at all the different um ways that we take in money, the margins and all of that, and then all the things we spend money on, the fixed expenses like rent and electricity and things like that, and then the more variable things like labor. And I think we're fine-tuning it as we go, trying to figure out what's the healthy level where we're not overstaffed, but we're still able to give the customers the best experience. So I think that's that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, and then on the personal budgeting side, I think it's a, kind of similar to, to the business, just knowing where you're spending your money and I think definitely have to be more conscious of that, you know, ha- not having much money, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, which which is a challenge. I think, yeah, you give up some some of the lifestyle when you take on something like this. Yeah, yeah I think that's a really important point because I think being an entrepreneur is becoming a lot more trendy nowadays and people really want to own their own businesses and be their own bosses. But I think it's an important point. Like there are sacrifices For sure. along the way. I guess, would you have any other things you would ca- maybe caution people if they're gonna, if they're thinking about diving right in or at least things to consider? Yeah, I, I think one great thing is definitely to, I think often when you look at it initially, it seems like such a daunting thing mm-hmm. and such a massive thing. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't don't take the step and it's certainly not for everyone but I think it's it can be good to take a step just do something and like for me that was doing the pop-up and that was something that um 
you know, it may seem like starting a restaurant is such a crazy, massive thing, so capital intensive and, and all that stuff. And, and, and that's one thing, but it's another thing to just let's try it for, for basically no money. I didn't have to get my permits. I just was able to like get out there and do it. And I think um, that's one great way if people are thinking about it, it's like you don't have to do the whole thing at once. Take a baby step and try it out and see that if that's kind of the lifestyle that works. Because it, I think people often have aren't exactly sure of what it's going to look like. I think people mm -hmm. often, when they ask me questions, I'm like, you clearly don't understand what I actually do. You know, right, the amount yeah. of hours <laughs> a day I do dishes is probably like not what not you would just expect. Not in the back, just exactly. like feet up. Yeah. <laughs> in the recliner. <laughs> eating no, your it's, in hand. <laughs> it's, it's not glamorous. And I, I, yeah, I think, I don't think it's glamorous for anyone in the first couple years of being in business. So I think it's, yeah, I just think people should understand what it actually looks like. And, and yeah, it's, it's challenging. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever push back and say like, don't do it. I would mm -hmm. just say kind of be smart about it and try to yeah, take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. I think for me, it's like, it's been similar to your point of like, just do it, you know, like do something, at least yeah. like move in the direction. Cause I think it's so easy to get overwhelmed by this huge project or for huge sure. idea you have. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good yeah. advice. I think that's been our mantra. I mean, a podcast is very different from a business, right. obviously, <laughs> um, right. but just doing it is, and that's kind of the common thing we, theme we've had with a lot of our guests is mm -hmm. we've asked them kind of their advice and what they would suggest in doing and, and how they got to where they are and they just say just do it yeah. and it's that you know initial like getting over that kind of hump and knowing that you know whatever you're gonna do something's gonna something good is gonna come from it yeah. um, no matter what it is um, so I'm interested in um, the business plan because I think that's really daunting. So how did you know how to write a business plan and, you know, like submitting it, getting it approved? How did that all work? So I, I didn't really know how to write okay. one <laughs> um, to, get, <laughs> to get started. Yeah, I think it just started by starting to beginning to put some thoughts on paper and then just doing a lot of research, reading books and things like that and just figuring out what the structure is mm -hmm. and it, it was definitely helpful for me to having having gone to and some having some business school knowledge and stuff like that was helpful. But there are plenty of resources out there um, that really anyone could figure out the basic structure and things like that. So it was it was a really good process in that it got me researching all sorts of things to understand, like what is the eating out spending in the U.S.? Oh, what percentage yeah. is in the breakfast market? Saw yeah. that that was the fastest growing market and, and things like that. You get kind of these additional things were like, okay, kind of mm -hmm. boost your confidence a little bit as you go. Um, so that was a really helpful learning experience. And then it ended up being helpful when you do um, go. I think one thing I didn't understand was I thought that you, that the landlords would kind of want you, like I'm right. committing yeah. to <laughs> yeah. to pay this money, but it, it's more of an application in that, in that sense. So when we did get our space, we had, I had to submit a business plan. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. They, and it makes sense because it's hard to it can be hard to fill a space if someone ends up backing out of their yeah. lease mm -hmm. or, or um, going out of business so they can often have vacancies so they want to feel confident in who that they're renting to so it was really important to have a business plan and be able to say like okay i don't have yeah. any experience but like here's kind of some information on what i'm doing so they can get a better picture of it it kind of just legitimizes it and makes it seem like more of a real thing than like, oh, I have this concept I'm working on, like mm -hmm. I want to take a lease. So um, it was helpful in, in multiple ways. Is yeah. that normal? 
to require a business plan? I think so. Yeah, I think it's it's also. I never knew that. Boston is just in crazy crazy competitive market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, um, but I think I think it is fairly normal, especially for a new business. If it's an existing business, they can have a decent idea. They'll just want to look at financials and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that uh, to prove it. So I yeah submitted a business plan, and then I also did financial predictions, um, just like a mock profit and loss statement. Mm-hmm. This is an idea of how much money I think we'll make. And, and it's really just a guess, but the more evidence you can use to back it up mm-hmm. and then backing it out and say, like, I think we can sell 50 cups of coffee a day. I think mm-hmm. we can sell 60 bowls of oats a day. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't perfectly accurate, but it yeah it, it gives a good a idea. Baseline. Yeah, for sure. Of like, if we are able to do this, we will be able to yeah. pay rent. How long was it? Um. The business, I think I gave him kind of a shortened copy. I wrote a pretty long one, and then I think I submitted like a four-pager. Oh, and then Yeah, yeah and bad. then just like I'm the picturing P- like P&O. a novel that you I just know. slammed down on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> like, boom. Yeah. Um, what are your busiest hours? Uh, so our busiest times, busiest overall are weekend brunch times. Uh-huh. And then during the week, uh, the commuter time, oh, yeah. like 8 to 9.30 mm-hmm. or so is usually the busiest. So we kind of get it all, yeah. It's kind of a big rush in the morning, and then it tends to slow down. Mm-hmm. We can catch up on prep, and if we have catering and stuff, things like that. Is it hard to predict, or was it hard to predict how much to order? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, you don't really know, especially not even knowing when you, how busy you're going to get mm-hmm. and things like that. You don't really know how to start, and there was a lot of running to the grocery store in the middle of the day. I was going to say, did you ever run out or you didn't let it get there? Luckily, there's a grocery store pretty close. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, Yeah, there was a lot of, there's been a lot of like sprinting down. (laughs) um, But we haven't really, we've never run out of oats. Oh, that's good. Which is important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think over time we've started to get an idea of like inventory levels and in a crazy weekend we'll go through this much and Mm -hmm. understanding Mm -hmm. how much to order and things like that. But initially... It's all just kind of figure it out yeah. as you go. Yeah. Have you ever, not have you ever, who was your mentor through this process? Did you have one or um, you were just kind of figuring it out by yourself? I definitely had a few people that I, that I talked to a lot um, throughout the process, especially um, in, in the restaurant world and a few other people who had businesses and were a, a few years along. And that was really helpful to bounce ideas off of and, and get a better understanding and ask the dumb questions and things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. yeah cool um so let's move on to you um do you have a personal workout routine wellness routine what do you like to do to kind of take care of yourself i yeah i don't have any set specific plan i definitely try to stay active it can be challenging i'm sure the crazy schedule but i love to play basketball that's that's kind of one of my favorite ways to stay active and um, just love to get outside, do some yoga as well. Mm-hmm. would like to add a little bit more of that stuff back into my life. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I didn't. Yeah, it didn't realize the challenges of like working on my feet all day. And I'm sure it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I think not having done that before coming from yeah. a desk job when it were, yeah. was a little bit easier to to stay active. It's It's been a challenge, but trying to get a little bit more of that in my life 
back to yeah. add a little bit of balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, cool. just walking around the shop, I'm sure gets a lot of activity. And I know For when sure. I used to work, I worked in a restaurant in college and I would look at my steps afterwards. It was like 25,000 steps. <laughs> oh just in like God. a six hour shift. It's yeah. a lot. That's intense. Yeah. And then your feet just like ache. So I can't imagine like every single day. Have you ever tried, um, what is it? Sarma yoga oh, in yeah. Davis Square? They're right there. Uh, I actually have not. They're like yeah, right yeah, above yeah, yeah, yeah. the they're like right above the burn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're really close yeah. to the burn. Yeah, really cool. It's good. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a f- for your first week unlimited, like $20. Yeah, like 20 bucks for cool. the first two yeah. weeks. I should think. try it out. Nice. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious what a typical day of eating is like for you. So, yeah, so I, I generally, if I'm at the, if I'm at the shop in the morning, I'm probably eating, eating oats. I think a lot of seems that a lot of the employees tend to go more towards savory than sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just I don't know exactly why. I guess just if you're eating it a lot, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a tendency. Mm -hmm. So I would say I I go that way, too. So often we'll do um, I do a lot of we do have a great greens bowl, which is pesto is the mix in. So all the bowls have a mix in and then topping. So I'll do great greens kind of custom bowl with like an egg or two on top. Mm avocado maybe some sriracha yeah Yeah, so so that's that's like a typical breakfast i'm trying to be better at eating lunch and and or or (laughs) bringing lunch so i try to bring lunch like leftovers if i've made food recently Mm -hmm. and that's yeah generally like the things i make for dinner which are pretty simple stuff i make a lot of stir fries um i do chicken and or turkey and and veggies and sometimes i do some some all veg meals as well um i keep it pretty simple i love to cook and it's sad because it's like you go into a job like this because you mm-hmm. want to cook so much mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh you're so you tired yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like checking there's luckily there's lots of great places so i eat out a fair amount too do you yeah. have any davis faves um I, I go to taco party a lot. I don't know if you've been. But no, it's, it's I awesome. haven't. It's in it's in Ball Square, but oh. about ten minute walk yeah. from okay. Davis, which is also right by my house. Um, so it's all vegan tacos. What? It's, it's really oh, amazing. I know it's, it's been hiding. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's one place I I go to a fair bit, and then in Davis I, I mix it up Chipotle sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get thai food sometimes mm-hmm. there's so many options of, i mean you can get yeah. sushi you can get for pizza, sure you can get, yeah. have you tried the oath pizza i have it's so good it's good yeah, yeah. I had a great conversation there too did you yeah <laughs> which is always a plus <laughs> <laughs> that is a plus um okay so where can we find the oat shop what are you guys doing next just to promote the heck out of yourself cool yeah so our website is oatshopboston.com and our instagram and Twitter is at Oatshop Boston. And yeah, in terms of things that next, we're, we're definitely hoping to add some new things to the menu and do some fun specials, especially um, as a lot of things come into season. You know, we have the Davis Square Farmer's Market, yes. which is every Wednesday. Oh, that's perfect. I just with, yelled that. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping, uh, I've been kind of trying to check it out every Wednesday. And as they get more stuff, I would love to incorporate a few things into, it's hard to incorporate um, things like that into the, full menu just because you know we like to keep that generally consistent but yeah. to do specials and things like menu? that yeah, yeah. So would love to do some seasonal specials and things like that and then yeah i think yeah that's a big thing we're working on 
and and trying to get out there a little bit more in terms of events and samplings and things like that yeah cool, cool. Um, well, if you haven't ever have anything coming up, let us know. We'll post it on our Instagrams. We'll do whatever cool. we can to support you because we love the O Shop mm -hmm. so much. <laughs> love it. It's just, I just, for anybody listening that hasn't had it, so Alan mentioned that there is a mix in with every bowl. So they actually mix the oats with like, um, like chocolate or like a, like he, like a pesto or like apricot, like puree. So good. It's so good. It's fabulous. So thank you so much, Alan, for coming on. This thank was you very interesting. It was. And hopefully our entrepreneurs out there will learn something yeah, from you. Yeah, and get inspired. Um, yeah, and if you have any questions, free, feel free to DM us. Um, you can follow us at Detox and Chill on Instagram, Detox and Chill Podcast, and online, www.detoxandchill.com. Yeah, send us an email. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Yeah, let us know what's going on. If you have any suggestions for people you want to hear on the podcast waves, let us know. You can follow Megan at Musings by Megan and me, Beck, at Best Friend Beck on Instagram. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review. Yes, please do. Five stars only. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> bye, guys. See you next week.